Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Back in the Starkville studio. I can't say I'm especially happy about it, but I am here and I've got things to do. Had a great time in New Mexico. If you've never been to New Mexico, I'd encourage you to go make a visit. I wouldn't encourage going to live there. It's a cool place. It is. But uh, people are a little different there. I can't say like it's a better or worse situation. But growing up in the South and then traveling somewhere that is, you know, pretty far removed from the Southeast, you begin to realize why they call this the hospitality state. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. I, w- I would say, yeah, it's probably better. It is. I guess maybe if you, if you grow up with that and you visited the South, you probably wouldn't know how to react. Like, you know, around here, you know, people hold doors open for you and people say hello to you. It's a little different, man. It is. And I'm, I'm really not the guy to be inconvenienced. And I, I hate to act like a Karen or something, but I'm the kind of guy that'll say something. You know, usually I just kind of live and let live. But I'll tell you, it's like going to Walmart in New Mexico. And I went just about every day I was out there. Tried to, I didn't want my wife to lift a finger the whole time I was there. I didn't. I did it all, man. Washed dishes, did the laundry, did the shopping. She was working. I mean, she wasn't off the whole time. So I didn't want her to do anything. I wanted to spoil her a little bit. Even took some time one day, and uh, she was complaining about there's nowhere to put anything in the bathroom. It's a real small bathroom, a little place she's got there. So I went and bought an Etterje, bathroom Etterje, and uh, put it together before she got up and surprised her. I want to make her life easier, right? I mean, that's part of being in love, man, is trying to make the other person's life easier. But I went to Walmart every day. And I guess after a couple of days, man, I, I thought maybe the first day I went on a bad day. I didn't. I went on a regular day. Because every day it was like that kind of going forward. People were just kind of inconsiderate. You know, it's like you, you, you ought to go pick up the buggy. And there's, uh, you know, a little entrance way to go get them. And this lady just stops. And she's on her phone, and nobody can get a buggy, and there's like four or five people behind me, and she's just kind of standing there. And I was like, man, you got people behind you. Oh, I'm sorry. And so I go in the store, and I'm walking around, and uh, you're trying to buy a few things here or there. And I cooked a few days. So, so the days that she worked, she didn't have to stop and go pick up a Subway or something. You know, made some jambalaya one day, made some, uh, made some taquitos one day, made uh, some chili one day. You know, just being uh, being a good dude. But I'm, I'm getting ready to walk down the aisle, and this guy like just kind of cuts me off, and he's just kind of sitting there, blocking the aisle. And I'm just sitting there staring at him, and he says, hey, can I help you? I said, yeah, you can help me by moving your buggy. How about that? I'm trying to go down the aisle here, trying to live in a society. 
So that kind of stuff happened. I got a bunch of other instances like that. I just, you know, again, nice place, very scenic. We had a great, great, great meal at the 10-3 restaurant. If you're familiar with Albuquerque, and chances are many of you are not, you go down to the tram road, and you can take a tram up the mountain. It's like a 15-minute tram ride. It's pretty cool. You get to see all the lights of Albuquerque down beneath you. It's nice. An amazing meal. It's incredible. If you're ever up there, I encourage you. It's very pricey, but it's worth it. You, know, it's, you get under knock down 250 bucks for a meal for two people. But I tell you, it was, it was our last date night, and my wife told me on the way home, she said, this is one of the best date nights we've ever had, ever. And a lot of it had to do with the atmosphere. And one of the cool things, too, is you get that far up there and there's no phone service, which is a great thing for a date, right? And I'm a distracted guy, too. Like, I spend a lot of time on my phone. As you guys are well aware, I'm always responding to you on Twitter and things like that. And I'm trying to do a better job with all that. But it was cool, man. So let me encourage you, as always, make sure the people that you love have your time. Make sure they have your time. You know, there's nothing more you know, disappointing, I guess, for me, like when you know, we go somewhere and spend half our time on our phones. And so I'm kind of committed when we're at the dinner table. I put the, the phone down, face down, so when your notifications pop up, I don't see them. And then if she has to get up and go to the restroom, then maybe I'll grab it. Then, maybe. But yeah, give the people you love your time. Make the effort. And, uh, man, I feel so much better after making the trip out there. I woke up this morning a little bit sad because I wasn't still out there. It's not that I want to be with all of you. I'd rather just be with her, you know, to be quite honest with you. But uh, I had to get back. You know, I might take care of my dogs, and, and we've got some projects and stuff. And uh, we're actually looking into opening another business. And so i got to work on that tomorrow. And, and you guys remember the show that I recorded for you? I guess it was Thursday night. And I was getting all these text messages and told you guys I was really excited about some stuff. I still can't talk about that. But uh, we had a conference call Friday for about an hour. It was scheduled to go 35 minutes. It went about an hour. Going to have another conference call next month and maybe move towards some finalization, hopefully. You know, it's been a long process, to say the least. But, uh, but the reality of it is there's some cool things that are happening, man. Some really cool things are happening in my life. And I will share them with you once I can. And so, but uh, the main thing is, is that uh, we got some bowl game news and some things like that to talk about. So we're going to do that here in the first segment of the show. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back. It is. I, I wish that I was back and my wife was back with me, but we got to put up with us for, a, you know, a couple more months. But uh, I think that's the last of that, which will be good for your good friend and host. You know, because I'll tell you, I've learned this. After being apart for most of the last year with her travel nurse, and you know she's home in between contracts and things like that. I do go see her, but uh, I'm I'm not built for the uh, single slash divorced life. I I can just tell you that, and it's not because I worry about the things you got to do. I mean, you got to do those anyway, right? I mean, you got to you got to keep the house clean, you got to keep the dogs fed, you got to go to Walmart, deal with people that are inconsiderate. That's part of life. But uh, you know, waking up alone. Right? I mean, not having somebody to come home to, that, that, that's for the birds, man. And there are some of you out there, that's the life you live. And let me tell you, you have my respect. I'm just not built that way. I'm just, I'm just not. I, I'm not that kind of person. And there are times maybe I thought I was, but I'm absolutely not that kind of person. I love my wife. I love being married. I love having a regular life in many respects because so much of my life is irregular. So I like having the consistency, you know, of knowing that, that she's here. So, Enough about that. Let's talk about Bulldog Burger Company. That's a marriage, too, that you can pursue and, and uh, will be re- very rewarding. 
Bulldog Burger Company, a fantastic place to work, to do business, and to have a night out with friends and family. I love Bulldog Burger Company. It's one of the things I missed most about Starkville when I was out there. You know, even though I ate good in New Mexico, I was craving those spring rolls. I got to satisfy that craving here in the next day or so, probably no later than Thursday. Got to get back in there. I love that place, man. No matter where I travel, no matter where I go, I haven't found a place to get a great restaurant-quality hamburger better than Bulldog Burger Company. And you're so fortunate to have three locations here in Mississippi. Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and the flagship right here in Star Vegas in the heart of the Cotton District. It's Bulldog Burger Company with a great, great, great patio area. Be sure and go check them out today. Get the spring rolls as your appetizer. I would recommend the Pimentology Add Bacon for your entree. Trust me on that. Maybe you're not ready to walk on the wild side just yet. Get the Bulldog Burger. You'd be glad you did. And get that chocolate shake to go. I am a big proponent of desserts to go. I like a palate cleanser. I absolutely do. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, Sunday was a very difficult day for sources. You know, my thing about that, too, is and maybe I'm just a petty person. Okay, okay, I'll admit it. I am. One of the things I cannot stand, it drives me crazy. I mean, it absolutely does. It's worse than nails on a chalkboard. It's worse than uh, distracted drivers and, and traffic jams. It's worse than all that stuff is the, uh, you know, the kind of the walk-on media type, attributing things to sources that I know that are untrue. Now, I'm always a firm believer is I have to always respect the fact that somebody may, something, may know something that I don't. But I speak regularly to Mississippi state officials, especially in times like these. Sometimes I can use the information, sometimes I can't. I said, well, hey, what's it look like? What's the bull situation look like? And so we'll go through scenarios, right? I mean, that's just, you know, kind of how life works. And people come out and say, oh, no, it's not this, it's not that. And it's like, I I know that you're completely making it up. I I know you are. Or maybe you've got a friend in a group text or whatever that swears they know what they're talking about and they don't. There's no accountability for any of that. People are just like, oh, we're going to do it. Guys, it was always a Florida Bowl game. It was always. It was going to either be Gator Bowl or ReliQuest Bowl. And the only chance of us not going to Florida is if absolute chaos happened on Saturday and we would not have fallen any further than a Music City Bowl. We didn't. We actually got the second best SEC Bowl outside of New Year's Six. There's the Citrus, then there's the ReliQuest Bowl. I know everybody tries to tell you, well, all these uh, pool of six bowls are the same level. Well, then how come the payout's different, right? We got the best of all the pool six bowls. We did. And I go back to, I think about our preseason expectations. We're like, hey, if we go eight and four and get the egg back and end up in a Florida ball game, it has been a good year. It has been a good year. Sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees. We get so caught up in the details and the minutiae of college football. Like, well, on this third down play, we didn't do this. At the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. Did you win the game? Yes. But, Steve, we gave up all these yards. How many points did we give up? Oh, it's less than that we scored? Okay, put a W in the board and let's move forward. Okay? But the reality of it is we're 8-4. and four. With the egg, headed to a Florida Bowl game. We're going to play Illinois. You guys should be somewhat familiar with them. And, uh, you know, Brett Belima, former Wisconsin-Arkansas coach, got those guys playing pretty well. 
They had a uh, pretty good year in their division. But this is a winnable game for Mississippi State. And I'm sure they're thinking the same thing. Like, hey, we could beat those guys. And you know what? They can. If we come out there and don't play as well as, we, as we're capable, yeah, they could absolutely beat us. And we're going to have some guys not play. I mean, obviously, Rai-Rai's in the portal. We'll see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, Forbes. Forbes ain't going to play. I'm just going to tell you now. Forbes not going to play. It's not official yet, but he's not going to play. We have played Illinois two times in our history, both times in Champaign, Illinois. Never had them here, never had them in a bowl game. Both times we played them at their place. 1923, they beat us 27 to nothing. In 1980, John Bond and the boys go into Champaign and beat the Illini 28-21. Those are your only two meetings. So one and one all time against the Illini and no meetings since 1980. So it's been a long time since a rock and roll. I'm excited about it. You should be, too. As we get closer to the game, we'll preview it. Let me give you a little heads up here. I am not going to be at the ball game. I'm going to be in the Bahamas with my family. We had a trip this summer that got planned. You may recall, we got pushed back because my youngest son tested positive for COVID because you had to take a COVID test to get on the plane, on the boat. I get it. And it probably worked out well. I think we probably need it more at this point anyway. But... Um, so I won't be at the ball game, but we'll fully staff the ball game. Uh, I know that David and Mike are going. Mansell Gary, our photographer, is going. I believe Robbie is going. So we'll have full coverage for you down there. Dave will be down there for all the media opportunities. So if you need full coverage of bowls, jeanspage.com is the way to go. We'll be there. We'll have it all covered. So let's look around the rest of the SEC and kind of see how things go. And I'll give you kind of some snap predictions, I guess you could say. So the Capital One, let me back up here. Because, you know, Georgia's in the playoff, right? So here are the Capital, excuse me, the college football playoff bowls. Tennessee versus Clemson, December 30th. That is a very sexy matchup. It would be sexier if Hendon Hooker was playing. I like Clemson in the ball game. And it's, again, there'll be some opt-outs because things. The landscape of these bowl games will change a lot over the course of the next few weeks. Guys will get the portal. Guys will opt out. That's going to happen. But this Tennessee-Clemson game in Miami could be a really, really good one. In fact, I think it might be the most intriguing bowl game of the SEC affiliated bowls. I love the game. I don't know why Tennessee and Clemson don't play more often. I guess maybe Clemson thinks we already got to play South Carolina. Why do we want to, you know, add another geographic rival? But I love this matchup. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. It is the Orange Bowl, both literally and figuratively, because both teams' primary color is orange. The All-State Sugar Bowl, we'll get there someday, kids. Alabama versus Kansas State. Alabama, I think I saw this morning, a five-point favorite. Tennessee is a dog in their game. Alabama, a five-point favorite. I like this Kansas State team. Big 12 champion, Kansas State Wildcats. You know, we played them in a little apple. Kyle and Hill's kind of coming out party, and then they came in here and beat us. We should have won that game, too. Remember, Malik Knowles had the big kickoff return in that ball game that really proved to be the difference. You make a tackle there, it's a different deal. But they lined up in that unbalanced line and ran off left side over and over and over again. It's like we were powerless to stop them. Alabama... It's not done well historically in New Year's Six Bowl games, though. If they're not in a playoff, they sometimes seem very disinterested. 
they better bring the heat against Kansas State. Now, Alabama should be able to out-athlete Kansas State, but Kansas State is well-coached. And Kansas State, as you saw on uh, Saturday, they were not the least bit intimidated by TCU. TCU had everything to play for. And fortunately, it worked out for them, even with the loss. And there were a lot of people, too, kind of suggesting Alabama would sneak into the playoff. That, that, that should not have happened, and it didn't happen. And it's good that it didn't happen. It's ridiculous. TCU goes all the way undefeated and goes to their conference championship game and loses in overtime. There's no way their two-loss Alabama team should go in over them. It shouldn't happen. And so now Alabama will get a chance to, uh, to, to play the team that beat TCU. But Alabama better bring it. You know, if, if you got some guys who would draft Itis playing against this Kansas State team that feels like, you know what, hey, this is a chance for us to legitimize ourselves and end up the year with a, a huge bowl win over a blue blood like Alabama, Kansas State will want Alabama a whole lot more than Alabama wants Kansas State. Not going to pick Kansas State at this point, but I'll tell you, if, if some guys from Alabama start opting out left and right, I think you could see Kansas State make this thing a ball game. And that's your New Year's Eve day game. All right, the uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl in Atlanta, formerly known as the Peach. I guess affectionately it'll always be the Peach Bowl to us. Georgia versus Ohio State. Of course, uh, Ohio State gets into the playoff thanks to the carnage that was Utah destroying USC. I like Georgia in this game. I think everybody does, but it will be very intriguing. I think Ohio State, beginning of the year, a lot of people thought they were going to be you know, just kind of an elite team. They really haven't been. They've been really good, though. You wouldn't be in the playoffs if you weren't. So they're a great team. I don't think they're an elite team, and I think Georgia will be able to out-athlete them. I think Georgia, too, incredibly motivated. A chance to win back-to-back national championships. Georgia's kind of becoming what Alabama was. But I like them. I like Georgia to win and Georgia to go on and uh, have a chance to defend their national championship. All right, let's get down to the SEC Bowl tie-ins. Florida headed to Las Vegas. That's a good pick. There was some chatter that uh, some suggested Mississippi State may go out there. I can tell you Mississippi State officials were not interested in the game. Not because we're overly religious. We need to practice. We need also to sell some tickets. Chances of us selling a bunch of tickets for our folks to go to Vegas, you know, basically a week before Christmas, probably not very good. Not to mention December 17th. We're, that's 12 days from now. 12 days from now, we'll be watching an SEC team playing a bowl game. We need to practice. We do. So Mississippi State did not even have the Las Vegas Bowl on their list of preferences. I understand Vegas had Mississippi State on theirs. But we're not going. We were never going. It was probably less than 1% chance of 1% of us going to Vegas. We expressed those, our concerns and interest to the league. And we didn't go. So Florida ends up going. And listen, that's a great trip for Florida, considering their season this year. And they'll go. They, they will. They'll go. It's a big fan base. They'll go. Chance to go to Vegas. I'd love to go to Vegas, too. And I'd already thought about it, too, is, hey, if we end up going to Vegas, I'll just go out there and back out to Albuquerque. It's only eight hours to Vegas. I'll go back out to Albuquerque and hang out and then go cover the game and then go hang out with my wife again. So it, it would have been great for me. 
right? Take my wife to Vegas for a couple days, man, it'd be amazing. And I may do that anyway in February. But, uh, but this, this is a great, 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 great situation here, uh, you know, for Florida to have a nice trip. And I hope the Gator fans enjoy the trip. I don't think this ball game favors them at all. I like this Oregon State team. Nobody really talks about them that much. But goodness, I mean, they're ranked in the top 15. And they're going to play a 500 SEC team. I, I like Oregon State to win this game. And I'll be honest with you guys, I, I think it could get I think it get ugly. I do. <laughs> I think it could be a really, really difficult game. Oregon State has already been installed as a favorite. They're already doing their preparations for the Florida Gators. And, you know, if you're one of those, you know, mid-level Power 5 teams like Oregon State is, another chance at legitimacy. It's like, hey, we've had a good year. We win this ball game. We're guaranteed to finish with a top 15 finish. You lose it, you're still probably in top 25. But, you know, you, change, you, you hang a pretty nice skin on the wall with the Florida Gators. I like Oregon State. All right, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Remember when that was the Weed Whacker Bowl? It's a lot, it's a lot more fun. All right, so <laughs> this is going to be another one of those interesting games. You know, this Missouri team has gotten better over the course of the season. I, th- I think everybody – last year we were all concerned about their defense. They couldn't stop anybody. Well, they fixed it this year. Much, much, much better, better deal. Now, they're going to play Wake Forest, Missouri and Wake Forest. And Wake Forest is an early favorite in the ballgame. I won't be the least bit surprised to see Missouri win this game. They have been better. They got some interesting pieces on offense, played ball on defense. And that also was at Raymond James Stadium, the same place our bowl game will take place just a few about a week and a half earlier. They played December 23rd. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm again I'm excited about it. I, I, I enjoy bowl season. Like a lot of people, well, see, there's too many bowls. I love fun. I do, and, I, and I, I'm sorry that you don't. I love college football. And one of the things that I love about the bowl season is because we get to see so many matchups we ordinarily would not see. And we get to, you know, basically there's a stretch where you get football every day. And so you come home at night after a long day's work and you put on a bowl game. And maybe you're watching the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. You can sit down and watch it. And it's like you kind of know – we're at the end of this thing. We wait all year for college football season to get here. So now there are not, not too many bowls. And I think about, too, like, think about the, the kids at Missouri, right? You're not expected to do much this year. It's a long, arduous season. You get hot, and it, you win your last two games, and you get a chance to take a trip somewhere with your buddies, and your family gets to come watch you play, and maybe you're a senior and it's your last ever college football game. They tell that kid and his family the ball game doesn't matter. It's too many ball games. I, I, I think there are enough ball games. I think there are some maybe that won't survive. But I like fun. I like college football. And I think I like Missouri to win this game. And, again, we'll give a full preview as we get a little bit closer. All right, Arkansas. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. 
managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. Thirds also explained the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scoot. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Man, those guys at Arkansas, well, what are all, you know, it's such a weird year. Of course, KJ Jefferson is back next year, which I think is great. I am a, um, I'm a KJ Jefferson fan. I don't know that he fits our scheme, but I love how hard the kid plays. I think most of you do as well. So we'll get another chance to see KJ play this year, and then we'll get him next year up in Fayetteville. 
as we make the trip back up there. But uh, Arkansas versus Kansas. Arkansas, a slight favorite in this game. That's a 28th game. It would be a 4.30 game in the afternoon on ESPN. I like it. I like the game. I think Arkansas will have too many athletes. I do think Kansas will make it fun for a while. But it's interesting to look at the, uh, the Sam Pittman experience. I mean, honestly, you know, it's like – some, well, it's like sometimes when you don't follow teams really closely, you, you kind of forget the context of things. You know what I'm saying? Like the only, the only time that you watch them is like when they're playing us or playing Ole Miss or we're getting ready to play them, right? Because like the week before we play anybody, I watch probably two or three games of our opponents, no matter who they are. But sometimes we lose a little context. Like you remember, hey, well, you know, Arkansas played Alabama pretty tight. They must be good. So – 2020, Arkansas went three and seven. They beat us after we beat LSU, and that's what that's what you remember. And so you think, yeah, they were better than us that year. They went three and seven. It wasn't good. It's a game that we shouldn't have lost, but we did. But they went three and seven. Last year, they go nine and four. That they beat Penn State in the Outback Bowl. Congratulations! It was a very good year for Arkansas. And now a year later, you're 6-6. Six and six. And you lost to Missouri. As projected on this show for weeks. And so if you, if you look at what Arkansas has done and you kind of look at the, kind of the, the temperature of the fan base there, you know, I think some people are beginning to wonder, is this going to work out for us? You know? And I start thinking about how bad they were on defense this year. And then they're going to lose some of their best playmakers. They'll probably have some guys back in the secondary, but secondary wasn't good. But you got to go beat Kansas to have a winning year. They lose this bowl game. That's two losing seasons out of three for Sam Pippen. That's the harsh reality of it. Yeah, they won the Outback Bowl. It was great. But has Arkansas been a factor in the SEC West? I mean, really at all? I'd say no. And so there are a lot of people in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, that believe Arkansas should be on the same level as Alabama. They're not. And I think when you begin to look at next year and the fact that they're losing so much on defense, they're going to have to hit the portal really, 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 really hard. There's not really any question about that. They're going to have to hit it hard. But before then... They're a good chance to beat Kansas and have a win in a year. The Tex Act Texas Bowl. Ole Miss versus Texas Tech in Houston. I'll be honest with you, this is one of those games I didn't want. And we were not on Texas' list, and they were not on ours. And I read some, some chatter yesterday as I was a stop at a truck stop. I'm making a 17-hour drive home. In the morning, some people were saying Mississippi State's going to Texas. Guys, it was never discussed. They didn't discuss us. We didn't discuss them. It was never discussed at any point. Now, when we talked about, you know, hey, if we lost the Egg Bowl, we could end up in the, in the Texas Bowl. That made sense. But we went 8-4. and four. There were only three 8-4 and four teams in the league, and we beat the only one of them we played, which is Ole Miss. There was no chance of us leaving the state of Florida unless there was absolute chaos. So we were never going to Texas. And we, Mike Nemeth and I, Dave Murray and I, we've all sat on the boards for the better part of a week 
It's going to be a Florida Bowl. And it is. I don't like this matchup for Texas Tech. And, of course, Texas Tech will be my second favorite team during the bowl season. I don't like the matchup. I do think Texas Tech is capable of winning the game. What concerns me, if I'm Texas Tech, is how do you stop that running game? The Big 12, not quite the physical league that it once was. And I understand they have athletes, don't get me wrong. But they're really more of a finesse, kind of a score-em league, right? I know Texas would like to line up and kind of run the football at you. they just not quite as good at that as they once were. I think this physical Ole Miss front, this, unless Ole Miss has some opt-outs, I really like Ole Miss in this game. I, I don't think it's a good matchup at all. You know, Texas Tech, 7-5 and five this year. You know, they got, they got off to a good start. You know, they're 3-1. and one. Their, their long loss is on the road at NC State. They proved to be a very good ACC team this year. And they go in and they beat Texas 37-34. You're feeling great about life. And then the Big 12 champion Kansas State Wildcats smash them. Then they lose at Oklahoma State. Beat West Virginia, lose to Baylor, lose to TCU. You know, this is just a very average team. Ole Miss is not an average team. No matter what we think about them, if we take the maroon and white glasses off, this is a good Ole Miss team. Not great. And, and maybe better than we anticipated in some respects. But Ole Miss should win this game handily. They should. And I'll be rooting. Listen, I'll be guns up all the way. But if we really look at this thing, you know, Ole Miss inside, away from the elements, on that turf, that running game, should be a good game for Ole Miss. All right, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, South Carolina versus Notre Dame. And this is why we're in the ReliQuest Bowl. This is why South Carolina's placement had to be handled first. They're ranked ahead of us in the FBS playoff rankings. They've had back-to-back top ten wins. They deserved to be in a better bowl game. They chose what they felt was the better matchup. Now, the Gator Bowl, and I touched on this in an article this week, last, last week, last year's Gator Bowl between Wake Forest and Rutgers. Remember Texas A&M pulled out the week of the game and the Gator Bowl people went and got Rutgers due to APR. They had like 28,000 people there. It was the worst Gator Bowl crowd since 1954. So the Gator Bowl has to hit it big this year. They have to. They lost their shirt last year. And so South Carolina, their fan base, has some Outback Bowl fatigue. Our fan base has some Gator Bowl fatigue. ReliQuest, of course, is uh, you know tied in with the Big Ten. So I saw some projections out there, people saying, oh, well, Notre Dame could end up in the ReliQuest Bowl. No, they couldn't. No, they couldn't. The only way this matchup was going to work was in the Gator Bowl. And so South Carolina gets Notre Dame, which is what they wanted. That's a helmet sticker game, win or lose, right? We would love to have had that matchup too. But, again, this is what South Carolina wanted and uh, give the SEC office for making it happen. That's a big part of things too. Again, there's so many people, even that make projections and, and people that are in the media, they don't know how to work, the thing works. And they confuse other people. They're like, oh, well, this is who they want. It doesn't matter. South Carolina and Notre Dame have played four times in history. South Carolina is one and three all time. The lone win, the last meeting. 
They march into South Bend, Indiana, October 20th, 1984, and they win 36-32. Huge win. It had been the first time we'd ever played them. But this is what South Carolina wanted. And they deserve to have their pick. So it's a win-win-win for everybody involved here. You know, Notre Dame fans get uh, the chance to go to sunny Florida. Jacksonville is a lot closer to the Columbia, South Carolina area than is Tampa, Florida. And again, there is some fatigue. And you get that helmet sticker opportunity. So this is good. And again, because of that placement, it boosts Mississippi State up, which is great. I love it. All right, the, the, um, I have no idea what this is. Let's just call it the Music City Bowl. All right, Kentucky versus Iowa. They played last year. I, I, yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. But, you know, good, it's good for Kentucky. You know, it's going to be interesting. Does Will Levis play in the game? I don't know. What's he got left to prove? I mean, obviously, he's Joe Montana. You know, just don't know. Just don't know. All these people continue to say, hey, Will Levis could be this, could be that. Listen, I have scouted football players for a long time, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I hadn't been surprised by some guys. But if Will Levis has a good career in the NFL, it will be one of the biggest surprises of my career. I just absolutely don't see it. The kid can't see the field. Yeah, he's a big physical kid. He's got a lot of arm talent. I just know that he has it between the ears. I think the game speeds up on him. And if you think it's fast in the SEC, wait till you get to the National Football League. And, of course, you know, the Steelers will probably end up drafting him. i got to deal with that guy for the next, you know, probably four or five years. But, um, you know, I, I'd like to see Iowa win the game just because I, I think that would be just kind of poetic justice. And I don't know who, who – whoever Mitch Barnhart has hired at Kentucky that is kind of over this whole deal with um, – with uh, media relations that promotes them. They, they, whoever Mitch has hired, he needs to give them a raise. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. It really is. For some reason, the SEC media favors Kentucky. I don't know why. They've not done anything to show that they're ready to really contend in the East, and now the East is getting better. They benefited from the East being poor. They're going to get absolutely thrashed when we go to the new rotation and they don't get the benefit of playing South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt every year. So I'm rooting for Iowa. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl in Orlando, LSU versus Purdue. This should be a terrible game. Should be. LSU, provided they don't have a bunch of opt-outs, should run all over Purdue. They should. That's just... LSU, obviously, had, when they win the West, have a chance to uh, stay in the New Year's Six. They lose that game to A&M. Yeah, I don't know that it hurt Mississippi State's ball placement. Probably, probably hurt us all a little bit in the money when it's all said and done. Could have had another New Year's Six team. But this LSU team is good. Now, Purdue is not, you know, they're, they're not fair to Midland themselves. They played in the Big Ten football championship game, lost to, to Michigan 43-22. It wasn't a competitive game, but we didn't really expect it to be, to be fair. But down the stretch, you know, they, they won three in a row. They beat Illinois, beat Northwestern, beat Indiana to earn a spot in a championship game. 
But they've kind of been kind of quiet about it. Nobody really expected them to do a whole lot this year. Eight and five in a regular season, counting the championship game. So an eight and four regular season, and then the loss, and then they'll play LSU. But they have played some ranked teams. I think some of that too is you know the Big Ten, you know, media voting core out there all working together. But I like LSU in the game. I, I do. And so again, we'll get more in depth as we get closer. But if I had to call them today, your winners, Tennessee, excuse me, I was wrong, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, which would have, uh, you know, Georgia and probably Michigan. You think TCU can beat Michigan? I don't think so. I think it's Georgia and Michigan for the whole thing. I'd love to see TCU get there, though. It's good for the game. But I think it's Georgia and Michigan in the final. I like Georgia. I don't know that Michigan's got SEC athletes. And then it's uh, Oregon State over Florida. We'll take Missouri in the Gasparilla Bowl. We'll take Arkansas in Liberty. Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl. Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. Iowa in the Music City Bowl. Mississippi State in the Reliant Bowl. And we'll take LSU in the Citrus. We'll get a little closer to that. But uh, I think the SEC has a chance to have a really successful bowl season. I mean, there's not any of these matchups I look at and say, oh, that's a tough draw. I just don't see it. Now, this Illinois defense is legit, and we'll talk about them a lot as we get a little bit closer to it. But they're legit. They want to line up and run the football and play good defense and slow the game down on you. And in those matchups have not helped us. That's what Kentucky did, right? So they'll follow that same game plan that Kentucky did, even though some of our, our issues with their defense were on us. But we're going to see a legitimate defense from Illinois. We're going to have to go out there and play well. We can't just show up and hope for the best. The good thing is we've got plenty of time to prepare. So, as do they. I think we probably have a pretty good idea what they're going to do. I don't think they know what we're going to do at times. But uh, we've got to be able to add some wrinkles and things like that and, and go get some, some things put together. But uh, I like the SEC Bowl matchups. You know, I think, again, probably the sexiest game is Tennessee and Clemson. I like Clemson to win. But uh, Josh Heupel and those guys way ahead of schedule in my estimation. I mean, really, really good year for them. And you begin to think about next year, you know, Georgia is going to lose a lot. They are. Going to lose Stetson Bennett. You know, is, is Tennessee your SEC pick next year? Uh, probably not, maybe, you know. But it's a lot more even, you know, because Hendon Hooker will be gone. But you start thinking about Tennessee and Georgia, you know, Georgia probably gets the benefit of the doubt because, again, you know, back-to-back playoff years. Is that three in a row, maybe? But you understand my point. You know, Georgia is already there. Tennessee is trying to get there. But I could see Tennessee getting some votes next year. And, of course, there'll be somebody from, you know, the Bug Tussle Gazette that'll vote Kentucky in there or whatever. But next year, I think, you know, Tennessee might, again, take a step forward. I mean, it's like how many more steps can you take forward without winning the division? Well, probably not many. But this Tennessee team is legit. And I would love to have seen this game with Hendon Hooker. Nothing against Milton. I mean, I'm sure he's going to go out there and play well. He'll get plenty of practice for reps with the first team. They'll be ready to go. But Hendon Hooker's a special player. He really is. That's why he was starting in the first place. But uh, I, I think that Tennessee-Clemson game could be a very, very entertaining game. Again, it's December 30 at 7 p.m. Uh, on ESPN. Be sure and check all that out. All right, time for today's top ten list is always brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. 
Blair is a mortgage professional. Many of you have had the dreams of home ownership, and it has remained elusive. I'm giving you some inside information here, okay? Work with a guy, an individual, that knows how to get things done. That's Blair Chandler. 21 years of experience in the industry. He's seen it all, done it all. This is a guy that'll walk over to underwriting and fight for you. He's gonna put together a loan package that is more likely to get approved. Top 1% close ratio in the country, back-to-back years in the country, not just in Tippa County, in the country. Give him a call or text today, 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. If you mention to him you heard about him on the Boneyard, he'll pay for your appraisal. That's about a $500 value. Be sure and check it out today. Again, that's closewithblair.com. Okay, Roy reminded me we, we missed an opportunity on Friday. When we lose rockers, mus- musical artists that have been instrumental in our lives, We like to honor them here on the show. Fleetwood Mac, one of the greatest American bands of all time, tons of hits, lost a key member, Christine McVie, an incredible songwriter, musician, singer. So today we're going to give the top 10 Christine McVie songs. Number 10, one that actually predates Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks joining Fleetwood Mac. It's the song, Why. It's got an incredible blues intro. If you like that sort of stuff, I suspect you do. Being from Mississippi, having connections to the Mississippi blues scene. Really cool guitar on this. And of course, vocally, it's a, uh, it's a really, really strong song for Fleetwood Mac. Number nine, kind of an up-tempo track, kind of a hidden gem, a deeper track. It's Think About Me. Christine McVeigh was always a person that uh, wrote a lot about her own life. Songwriting was very cathartic for her. This is one her and John trying to figure things out. Kind of an up-tempo song. A lot of her other stuff is a little more um, you know, on the ballad side, I guess. Number eight is Everywhere. That was a huge hit for them. I Want to Be With You Everywhere. And again, writing about her and John. Most of her tracks were about her relationship and their marriage at times very uh, rocky. Number seven, you make loving fun. And isn't it great to have somebody in your life that, that you feel that way about? I'm very fortunate in that respect. You make loving fun. Number six, say you love me. Another big, big hit for them. There's nothing better than that. You know, it's like I always say that the, the best phrase in life to hear is I love you too. There's nothing better than that. Hearing someone say, I love you too. And maybe maybe the only thing that rivals that is that unprompted, I love you. First. Number five, Little Lies, Tell Me Lies, Little Lies. Great, great track. Stevie Nicks does an amazing job singing back up on this. Love that track. You should too. Number four, Over My Head. If you don't know it, you should. It was another big hit for them, too. Number three, Hold Me. This is one of those songs, too, when people kind of realize that Fleetwood Mac was more than just, uh, you know, flash in the pan. And again, one of the, the great songs that Christine McVie put together. Number two, this might be a little lower on your list. 
I think it is an amazingly well-crafted song. It's beautiful in every aspect. And I think it shows the most personal side of Christine McVie. And it's the, the ballad Songbird. Be sure and check it out if you're unfamiliar with it. And again, not, it's kind of an outlier compared to the rest of the, uh, rest of the albums. It's just very, very different. But number one, it's Don't Stop. And again, it's about her and John. I remember the 1992 inaugural celebration after Bill Clinton had been elected. Fleetwood Mac played at the inauguration ceremony. And everybody was thinking about, you know, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Again, that was about her marriage. And if you look at the lyrics, maybe you don't consider it a love song, but it is. And it's basically, you know, encouraging your mate in her situation, John McVie. Don't stop thinking about the future. Don't get caught up in today. Don't ever stop thinking, but you know, tomorrow should be and could be better than today. I'm a firm believer, too, that the best is yet to come. I believe that into my dying day, that the best in life remains available to me. And uh, now that she's gone, you go back and listen to these songs, and it, it seems and feels a little different. It does. So to all of those that loved and cherished the artistry of one Christine McVie, our thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to each and every one of you. And maybe you celebrate today by listening to our wonderful playlist. You can find these playlists on Spotify. Just search for Dogmatic67. You can also find Roy on Twitter. Roy tweets these lists out, puts them on Facebook for us too. And uh, does it really for just no other reason than the fact that he enjoys the show and loves music and uh, wants to put these things together for all of you. It's an added benefit of being a Boneyard listener. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out to Roy. Let him know. He'll get them to me. We had some really good ones here as of late. We'll get to some of those this week. And as always, thanks for your support of the Boneyard and the top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart. You know Campus Bookmart. Well, if you don't, you should. CampusBookmart.net is a Stark Billion institution, been serving its community and its fan base for many, many years. No better place to go look for Mississippi State merchandise other than Campus Bookmart. That's a huge part of things. There are a lot of people out there selling Mississippi State merch. Nobody has a more extensive selection than Campus Bookmart. The Bully Shop, completely renovated, all upstairs now. Saves you that walk up and down the stairs. Maybe you need those stairs. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't. I prefer life and life more abundantly. And that includes uh, not having to walk up excess stairs. So you don't have to do that anymore. And uh, you can go in there and see the latest and greatest in all Mississippi State merch. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. And that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net. And I said it wrong. Again, I apologize. It's $75. Maybe I didn't say it wrong, but it's $75. Promo code BSR for all orders over $75. And that'll get you free shipping just by listening to the show. Again, promo code BSR, campusbookmart.net. All right, let's talk about basketball. You may have seen today Mississippi State now ranked in the top 25. How cool is that? And then the net comes out, the first net, and State is fifth. We talked about, you know, State's got a couple of really loud wins over Marquette and Utah. And so those are going to be net driving opportunities for the Bulldogs all year. How many times have we seen that? 
you know, like in the Ben Hallen era, you'd have an opportunity for a big net win or a chance to kind of build a resume and you couldn't close the deal. Well, that's just not the case. I think it's safe to say at this point, Chris Jans and the staff are ahead of schedule. Maybe not much. And, of course, the proof is in the pudding once you get an SEC play. But Tolo Smith playing the best basketball of his career. Bulldogs among the nation's leaders in defense, holding most people to season lows in point total. It's a pretty outstanding effort. You know, over the weekend, State picks up a 30-point win over Mississippi Valley State. We expected State to win that game handily. All right, so it's finals week this week, so no games this week. And, of course, they'll be at Minnesota, which is a 4-3 and three team. Last time I checked, that's a game that State should win. And then, of course, in the Coliseum in Jackson, December 14th, that's a Wednesday. I encourage you to get out and go support that game. And listen, I get it. The Coliseum is not what it once was. The city of Jackson, not what it once was. But your Bulldogs are there. And better chance of drawing a pretty decent crowd there. And then we return to uh, Starville and take on Nichols December 17th. That's uh, – a Saturday. That Saturday, I'll actually be in Baton Rouge. My, my, my friends in Lillian Axe doing an uh, acoustic set down at a record store in Baton Rouge. If you're in the Baton Rouge area and you'd like to see me, that's where I'll be. I'll give you more details as we get a little bit closer. Or you can check the Lillian Axe uh, social media pages. But I'll be down there. And then, of course, uh, Lincoln-Nebraska neutral court game against Drake. But, uh, you know, State's got a chance here to close out the non-conference with an undefeated record. You could be 12-0 and going into conference play. And you start thinking about this, if you can find a way to get a winning record in conference with those net building opportunities with Utah and Marquette, you've already, you've already surpassed those tests. You start beginning to think, you know what, hey, this could be a tournament team. I think most of us expected this to be an NIT team this year. Maybe not. You know, we'll see how things go. Let's take a quick look around the SEC. You know, again, you can't really get a good barometer on things at this point because, you know, some people really schedule light in non-conference. But uh, looking at the men's side of things, Missouri undefeated 9-0, Auburn 8-0. And then there's Mississippi State 8-0. Three undefeated teams in the Southeastern Conference, your Bulldogs, one of those three. Alabama 7-1, Arkansas. LSU, Tennessee, all 7-1. Georgia 7-2 as they recovered from the Tom Crean era there in Athens. The Kentucky Wildcats are 6-2. and two. Ole Miss, 6-2. and two. They lost to Oklahoma just yesterday. Florida now 6-3. A&M, 5-3. South Carolina and Vanderbilt, 4-4. Four and four. I don't think anybody would be really happy with that, to be 500 at this point in a non-conference schedule. This is when you're supposed to be getting fat. But that's just not the case. Not the case at all. But, uh, you know, some big games coming up, obviously. Chance for the Bulldogs to get some things handled. Uh, and, you know, of course, you know, we're all kind of giddy right now because of bowl season. But pretty soon your full attention is going to turn to men's or women's basketball. A couple of games uh, tomorrow, UNC Greensboro at Arkansas, Georgia at Georgia Tech, if you'd like to check out the Bulldogs. Uh, Arkansas currently ranked ninth in the country. That's pretty cool. We'll get a chance, we'll get a chance to play some, some, some good games in the SEC. That happens every year, right? But uh, you know, not a lot of marquee games on the, the current schedule uh, around the league. It gets a little bit better in the weekend, I guess we could say. Vanderbilt should pick up a win later this, weekend, this week against Grambling. But uh, Oklahoma, fresh off a win over Ole Miss, will visit Fayetteville this Saturday. LSU will travel to Wake Forest. That could be a good game between two unranked teams. And then Alabama, number eight, against number one, Houston. 
That's a 2 p.m. tip on ABC. Be a pretty big game there. Valparaiso at Ole Miss. How about that? Bryce Drew, right? One of the greatest moments in NCAA tournament history. Auburn will be at Memphis, who I think at this point is probably underachieved. And in Kansas and Missouri. That used to be one of the best non-conference games in the country. It's good to see that rivalry renewed. It really is. And that game will be at Missouri. Kansas over the years has had a really difficult time playing at the zoo. Uh, So, again, midweek games kind of up and down, but some intriguing games this weekend, uh, as you're well aware. So be be mindful of that. And, again, a lot to kind of of soak in because right now you're still in football mode. I mean, we're all kind of still celebrating a battle for the golden egg. And that seems like forever and a day ago. Maybe it's because I've been gone so much. But uh, it feels like the egg ball was played like a month ago. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Let's take a quick look at the uh, basketball polls, as we the AP poll. And again, your Bulldogs back in. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. All right, so just looking at teams from our league, the, uh, the top-ranked SEC team is Tennessee. They come in at number seven. Just behind them is Alabama at eight. And then there's Arkansas at nine. Auburn at 11. So four of the top 11 teams in the country, all from the Southeastern Conference. Kentucky comes in at 16, Mississippi State 23. And then, you know, down the list there, there's some receiving votes. But, uh, again, not a ton of SEC teams ranked, but the ones that are rank pretty high. So, again, you just got to go out there and put together a winning record in conference. You've got a chance to be in a tournament. And let's not get ahead of ourselves. I and mean, we, We've got to figure out some things on the offensive end. They're far from polished down there. And sometimes you're just kind of out-athleting people. And some nights it's what you have to do. But as we get deeper into conference play, you're going to be going up against some of the best coaches in the country. And so you've got to be able to, to dial up plays. You've got to be able to call a timeout, run an inbounds play, and get a guy open for an easy basket. Sometimes that has been kind of elusive for Mississippi State, even though we're undefeated. But you know, Chris Jans, again, kind of legitimizing himself as a coach, and on the defensive end, State is absolutely relentless. And I think what you're going to see is more of the fast break type stuff variety. I think these guys are going to get out and run. We don't always play a masterpiece. It's not always, you know, an exhibition and perfection by any stretch. But it's year one. And I think there's a Bulldog basketball program out there you can be proud of. And so, again, I encourage you to come out, help pack the hump. Come out there and be a part of all this. Make Mississippi State a very difficult place to play and – there are some big games on the horizon, obviously, once we get into uh, SEC play. I can only begin to imagine the atmosphere when State and Ole Miss play. That's going to be an awful lot of fun. That's game number three. We open up, obviously, SEC play at home against Alabama and travel to Tennessee. So, two, basically, two potential top ten teams to open SEC play, which could mean two losses. You find a way to split those, and you've got Ole Miss coming in here on January 7th. That's a 1 p.m. tip. It will be an incredible atmosphere. I encourage you right now, go ahead and make plans. Make plans to be here. Our bowl game will be done. And you guys always seem to turn up against Ole Miss. And listen, Kermit's had some success here at Humphrey Coliseum. So it should be an incredible atmosphere. Again, make plans to attend. Go ahead and buy tickets now. I do think as we get closer, tickets are going to be more difficult to come from, come by, excuse me. But uh, stay to open up SEC play with three of five games on the road. And so that's one we absolutely have to have. you got to get that old Miss game because you, know, you can't get too far down. I, I do think, State, once you get through, you know, the first six or seven games in the league, that things are going to even, even up a little bit for you. 
but it's never an easy schedule in a Southeastern Conference. It's just not. You know, that's just, just kind of how life works. You're going to play elite competition night in, night out. Everybody recruits at a high level. Everybody's getting a free education. You know, that's a huge part of all of this, is that this is not a situation where you're going to be able to out-athlete teams in a Southeastern Conference. You're going to have to go out there and play basketball. You're going to have to scheme people up. You're going to have to play good defense. And I think that's where right now defense is ahead of the offense for, for Mississippi State. You just hope the offense can continue to round into form as we get a little bit later. All right, let's take a look at the women's side. And, and dare we say right now the men are outshining the women? I mean, when's the last time we could say that? The women are 7-2. and two. I mean, things are kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. Of course, uh, this past Sunday, the ladies take care of Grambling State, 73-47. When you look at these wins that Mississippi State has had, with rare exception, they have been blowouts. The game against Colorado State, that's the lone win that was within 10 points. That was a five-point victory for the Bulldogs. But when State gets after you, they really, really get after you. Again, finals week this week, so no games this week. We'll be back in action this Sunday against Texas A&M Commerce, which should be another one of those games you look at and say, you know what, State's going to win and win big. Until we get into conference play, we're not going to have a pretty good idea of what we have, who we have, and how things are going to progress. But I do like the energy. This Texas A&M Commerce team is 1-6 on the year. So, not great. They're going to play Idaho on Wednesday before they make the trip to Starkville. But, again, should be a game that State wins. And, again, a good chance that State closes out the non-conference on a winning streak. A&M Commerce, then Florida A&M should be a dub. Old Dominion should be a dub. And then New Mexico. And, again, all these are winnable games. But, you know, because Suncoast Challenge played ODU and New Mexico, that's going to be in Tampa. So, no home court advantage for either team. It's just going to be about execution. But I like the direction of everything for both programs. I think you guys do as well. And let's show that in our attendance. That's a big part of this. You know, we, we, we always, well, we just need this, need that. I want the men to be good. Well, I think you know, the men need you. You can see it on social media. They're basically uh, begging you to come out to Humphrey Coliseum. Let's pack the hump, give it a great atmosphere. And I go back to like when Noah and those guys were in Florida. And I asked him, what's the most difficult place you played? And he said, Mississippi State, Humphrey Coliseum. He said, the fans are just on top of you and they're in the game. We need to make the hump roar again. We do. And we, I think many people have kind of got out of habit of going because uh, I think the, you know, the Rick Ray years and the Ben Howen years, in many respects, with rare exception, kind of ushered in this malaise about men's basketball because it was so much easier. It's like, hey, if I'm going to pack the car, I want to bring the kids, I'm going to watch us win – and the women were winning at such a high level. It's just like, well, let's just go do that. I mean, because I know that the kids can get their picture made with Tierra McCowan and Victoria Bivians after a ball game. And on the men's side, especially in the Ben Howen years, there was always this arm's length approach. We just didn't have that same relationship between fans and players. You know, when Vic Schaefer was here, he encouraged it. Remember, the ladies would go up into the stands and thank everybody for coming to road games and things like that. There was just a relationship there on the women's side that didn't exist on the men's side. But I think what you're seeing now is that both programs, their coaches and players, are really reaching out to the fans to have this interaction uh, with them. That's a huge part of things. And it's, it was easy, let's be honest, it was easier to root for the ladies, not just because they were winning, but because you felt like you knew them. Because you could bring your little girl to Humphrey Coliseum and she could go down and meet her favorite player after a ball game. 
And so you felt like, hey, it's so easy to root for them because she was nice to my kid. And so I think Chris Jans and Sam Purcell both get it. We talked about how great these hires were. You know, we hadn't coached a game yet at the time, but we all liked the enthusiasm. We liked the coaching search process. And now here we are, what I believe to be two great coaches. And we'll see how things progress. But I think everybody at this point feels like, hey, Mississippi State basketball is turning in the right direction on both the men's and the women's side. And then you begin to think about the fact that, you know, baseball will be a preseason top 25 team. You know, the men are a top 25 basketball team now. The football program, 20, what, 22 in the current FBS playoff rankings. And the women have had an opportunity. You know, we'll play our way in. But there's so many times we talk about, oh, well, you know, we're not what we want to be. But I think when you begin to look, you know, around, you know, soccer advanced to the second round of the NCAA tournament. You know, volleyball's got a chance to get back to the NCAA tournament back-to-back years. We've never had all three, all three winter sports in the NCAA tournament. Got a chance to do that. So this athletic department is not in bad shape. I don't think anybody shows up here expecting to get this job and thinking, oh, I've got a major project ahead of me. I think the health of this athletic department is very good. And speaking of the AD search, I am told by multiple sources that AD interviews are taking place this week. I've been told multiple times we'd like to have it done before Christmas. We would like to have it done before Christmas, but that is not a hard and fast timeline. If it, if it takes us into the second week in January, it takes us into the second week of January. But I understand Dr. Keenum would like to have it done. But if we're not sure, we don't feel we have the right individual, we're not going to rush the process. We'll take a little bit longer. We'll go through some more interviews, perhaps identify some other candidates. But, but I understand that the field of candidates has narrowed a great deal and that we will do formal interviews this week. From there, the field will narrow down again, and then probably the top two or three candidates will be brought to campus for a face-to-face with the decision makers in this process, including Dr. Keenum. They'll have a chance to tour facilities and kind of look around and see what's happening. And then we'll have a decision. Now, does that happen next week? Of that, I'm not sure. I'll update you as I hear things. But the fact that we're doing these interviews this week means the process is moving forward. People are being eliminated. The best candidates are being identified. And as I get those names, we'll share those with you too. You know, we started with kind of a huge, huge uh, pool of candidates. But that pool has narrowed substantially. There were some people last week that were concerned, hey, would not having a sitting AD hurt us in the bowl selection process? Absolutely not. Nor did it. Not that Bracky Brett's not capable, but it's not like the AD has to go lobby on our behalf very often. You make your list, you send it in, and the league office makes the decisions. And, and again, it's amazing to me. It is absolutely amazing to me that there are so many people in the, quote, media that don't understand the process. All right, let's move forward now. I took a bit of a break there. I had to get a drink. So I may have lost my place. You may say, Steve, the next part of the show doesn't make any sense. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe none of it does. Maybe it's all within your head. Maybe we're all in the matrix. And maybe you found a glitch in the matrix on the show. Yeah, see, there it is. Did you know that there were dogs in the matrix? There are. Or maybe they're not. Maybe it's all a figment of your imagination. Maybe this is not happening at my house. Maybe it's happening at yours. Maybe it's happening in your mind. Yeah, did you take the blue pill or the red pill? 
That's the question you're asking yourself right now, right? Is Morpheus riding in your backseat? Some of you don't understand the reference. Others of you do, and you're laughing. But nevertheless, let's move forward. Final segment of the show brought to you by Portico. Uh, I told you guys before, if I was moving to Starkville now, I would move to Portico. And I don't say that just because they sponsor the show. I want to be closer to campus. Like, if I was moving to Starkville now, I mean, why do you move here, right? To be close to all the action. 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus. 1.1 miles away. Turn off 82 on a 12 like going to campus. Very first ride is Pat Station Road. You take that right. You've passed it a million times. You always wonder where it went. Well, that's a road home. Yeah. After you go through the four-way stop there at Old West Point Road, boom, there it is. Portico on your right. You can go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home, or you can go down to a two-bedroom, two-bath home, depending on your needs. I mean, I'm fixing to be an empty nest. Me and Dana are about to be empty nesters. And so, you know, I might consider downsizing. Maybe I move to Portico. Maybe we could all be neighbors. And, like, you guys could come by and complain that I don't cut my grass enough and things like that. You know, maybe. Maybe you complain to the Homeowners Association because Steve plays Motley Crue too loud and he's not a good guitar player, but he's always got that guitar on. Maybe it's better if I stay out here in the country. I don't know. Maybe we're better off not being neighbors. We can be friends, but not neighbors. But all your neighbors now, your future neighbors, enjoying the high life at Portico. Phase one's completely sold out. Phase two, under development. Many of those homes already sold. You can reach out to my friend, your friend, Mississippi State friend, Brooks Bryan, 601-416-8075. Again, 601-416-8075 to get more information. Make Portico your next move. All right, we had official visit weekend, and a rarity in my career. Uh, I did not participate in the exit interviews. I was on my way back from New Mexico. 17 hours. You think you're a road dog? You've met your match with me. That's the truth. People always say, well, Steve, how far have you driven? Well, as far as it took, that's how far I've driven. Completely sober, right? I'm a very efficient traveler especially when I'm by myself, because it's usually me and podcast or rock music. And then, uh, like, on my way to New Mexico, you'll laugh at this. So I gassed up the night before, and I said, I'm not going to stop until I get into Arkansas. So that means I'll take 82 to 55, I'll get all the way through Memphis, and I'm not going to stop until I get to Arkansas. And then I'm not going to stop until I get to Oklahoma. Then I'm not going to stop until I get into Panhandle of Texas. Then I'm not going to stop until I get to New Mexico. So it's always like a little game with me. And, of course, I hadn't seen my wife in a while. You know, when she was, she was home last, she'd had surgery. And, I, guys, I'm going to be honest I was miserable. And I've shared that on the show. I was absolutely miserable. I hate being away from her. I absolutely love her to death. I do. And, uh, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't celebrated her on this show as much as I could. And maybe you're tired of hearing about it already, but that's kind of how things are going to be. But, uh, but I was so motivated to get there, you know. And um, I couldn't wait, you know. And so when, I, when we got done with the Egg Bowl Thursday night – my original plan was, well, I'm going to just maybe drive to Oklahoma City, maybe get around Yukon, Oklahoma. Last time I went that way, I stopped on Garth Brooks Boulevard, spent the night there, and then I finished the drive the next morning. I actually went to Fort Sumner to go pay my respects to Billy the Kid, and then I went up to Albuquerque. Well, this time was a little different, but I was so motivated to get there, I just went, you know. And, um, you know, some friends of mine were like, hey, checking in, hey, what's going on? I said, guys, I miss her so much, I would drive to Alaska and then board a ferry to across the Bering Strait to Russia and then hike up a mountain if that's what it required. But, uh, 
yeah, it gives me time to think too. You know, being out there on your road by yourself gives you time to think. And uh, so since I was driving back yesterday, Paul Jones, doing, doing the Lord's work, handled those exit interviews. And I'm very appreciative of Paul uh, and his efforts. But um, we had some changes to the schedule, right? Had uh, some guys rescheduled their visits. Uh, not that there's anything wrong, but, you know, a lot of them were still playing playoff games and things like that. But, uh, you know, we had some uh, Bulldog commitments, do some pretty big things. But uh, i tell you, before we get to that, we did pick up a commitment, and I want to talk about him just for a few minutes before we uh, kind of recap the visit weekend. Not that it should come as a big surprise, and this is a player, too, that I think has been poorly evaluated. It's Gabriel Moore from uh, Louisville. They win the state championship. He commits former Troy commit. We, we've been expecting this one for a while. I think Paul Jones and I both you know, put crystal ball picks in for him several weeks ago, shortly after State offered. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Paul Paul went in October 1st. I went in October 5th. So, so for two months now, we've been expecting this. And, um, yeah, it's – it shouldn't come as a huge surprise that State's able to get a kid from the Golden Triangle, but that, you know, you've never been able to assume that with Louisville High School. And, and I don't know what's happening over there at Winston County, but that has to be a Mississippi State stronghold. It has to be. You know what South Panola used to be to Ole Miss? You know, we've got to be able to go get those kids. In recent years we have, but you know, you know, it's just like the Charles Moore thing, and Charles and Gabriel are related. And I think the fact that Charles's journey has been so scenic and circuitous I think it probably helps Gabe. You know what? I'm just going to stick with Mississippi State. Uh, 6'4", 250. I do expect him to probably kind of grow like Jaden Crumedy did. You know, Jaden Crumedy was kind of a long, lean edge rusher in high school. And then, like, the next time I saw him, he looked like a college-ready player. And, of course, big news, him coming back. But I, Gabe is going to play with his hand in the ground. He's not going to be a stand-up edge guy. Uh, it does, is he a three-tack? Is he a five-tack? Is he a nose? You know, I think that he is a guy that will be 290 in no time. He has the frame to carry that weight. He will be in a great strength and conditioning program. He will look completely different in 18 months' time. And he's going to pack on some muscle. And well, muscle weighs more than fat. Not that he's fat, but you understand what I'm saying. When he begins to kind of tighten up and add some girth here, he is going to be a guy that plays with his hand in the ground. No question about it. I think right now I would say he's probably a five, a five technique. So probably like Jaden Crumbity. I don't think he grows into a nose, but uh, I love this commitment. I think he is undervalued. I don't care what the rankings say. When you get these small-town Mississippi guys that have a dream and a work ethic – and a family support system around them, those guys tend to do really well. And that's one of the things that I love about going over to Louisville High School and getting those guys. Number one, it's easy for the family to get here. And then there's a familiarity with a lot of the players within the state. And, and you know, was it 11 state championships now for Louisville High School? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, we got to lock down Louisville High School. We have to. And, again, you know, you, You've done pretty well the last couple of years, you know, but uh, the reality of it is is that there are some guys, too, from Louisville High School that will end up going and playing junior college and then come back into the talent pool, and that's something we should always consider. I mean, Ole Miss picked up a couple of kids from over there, too, that, you know, we didn't offer out of JUCO, but have had good careers over there. They play a good brand of football over there, down on 25. 
And I don't know that maybe – I don't know that they get the respect they deserve, to be quite honest with you. And, and they don't always produce a ton of Power 5 or SEC caliber prospects. They do from time to time. Ty Cooper, of course, being one of them. But the average high school football player – I mean, you just go grab me a kid. I'd put that kid up against almost anybody in the state. Them and West Point both. There is a toughness associated – with those players from up here near the Golden Triangle. There just is. I I can't really put my finger on it. I think a lot of it's because it's blue-collar communities, and a lot of these young people understand maybe their way out of this is is to get a college football opportunity. They've grown up working, so they hit the ground running. They don't have to get to college and learn how to work. Of course, they you got to fine-tune them a little bit because they don't know how hard they can work yet. But when you, you you look at these practice videos that make the rounds on social media for Louisville and West Point, It'll blow your mind. It really will. Great coaches at both places. And, of course, uh, Chris Jones at Starville High School won another state championship. How about that? My, that's the thing I think about, too. I promised my girls when we got ready to move up here. I said, you know what? I said, we're going, the, the Starville High School is good at men's basketball, women's basketball, and football. It's going to be a great experience. And then every one of my children that has attended Starville High School has celebrated their classmates winning a state championship, if not more than one. So thank you to the Yellow Jacket family for allowing my children to be along for the ride. It's amazing. My, my kids have made some major contributions, just not on the football field. But I'm very grateful that they have had a chance to go cheer for their classmates win a state championship. I, you know, when I, Columbia High School has won two in my lifetime. I was a young student in 82 because I'm from the 1900s. Ten years old. We won a state championship. My neighbor, Chip Lofton, was a quarterback. And, and sadly, we lost Chip last year. And then – Last year, we won a state championship again, and I went. I went to go cheer for my alma mater. And so I've seen my high school win it twice, but never when I was in high school. We went to the South State Championship in 89. Couldn't quite get over the hump. But, yeah, it's a good experience. But, again, this neck of the woods, we got some coaches. We got some players. They're going to bring the heat. Absolutely. And Gabriel Moore at 84, that's not good. That, That is not a good evaluation. It's just not. Now, he's at Mississippi-Alabama All-Star practice this week. So, my hope is some people will see him down there and say, you know what, hey, this kid needs to move up in the rankings a little bit. And he absolutely does. You know, his offer sheet is not exactly, you know, star-studded. But this is another one of those typical small-town Mississippi State kids that could be a success story. I love this kid. And, again, I don't care what he's ranked. I don't care who's offered him. The kid fits us. We fit him. And I think coming from that program, you know the foundation that's been poured into him at Louisville High School. You, you know, you've got a comfort level of knowing. He has been coached well. He has been uh, developed. And he is a guy that understands how to play in big-time football games. You know, he didn't attend the Mississippi School of Math and Science and play, you know, Quidditch or whatever they do over there. This is a kid that has played a good brand of football at a prestigious high school program. I am absolutely excited about this commitment. You should be too. All right, so that gives State now 18 verbal commitments for the class, currently ranked 31st. And, uh, you know, the portal, the first day of the 45-day NCAA transfer portal is today. So, you know, 247's got a big kind of a continuous action show today talking about the players that have gone in. Uh, we've had some guys go in. Of course, Antonio Hargrove, Rara Thomas, and there's a little more to the Rara Thomas story I'm, I'm, I'm looking into, shall we say. Right? You know me. Uh, Daniel Greek, and, and we, we probably saw that the day that he committed, right? And, and that's not a shot at him. 
But he came in as the second quarterback in a two-quarterback class, even though that he committed ahead of Sawyer Robertson. We, we always kind of knew he was going to be a developmental guy. And listen, hey, Daniel, we wish you the best. It didn't work out here. There's no problem. You know, Daniel did, was always a, a exemplary student and a role model and worked very hard. But he was just behind some guys, and the chances of him you know, playing here was pretty slim. And he doesn't get much reps at all in practice. And so, listen, he's done his part. He gave it his best effort. Now he needs to go somewhere he can play. And I've read some comments on Facebook. People are like, oh, I get so tired of our players leaving. Guys, it doesn't just happen to us. This is the age in which we live. And would you want Daniel Greek to stay and never play just to make you feel a little bit better? I mean, how's that fair to the kid? I absolutely support guys like Daniel Greek. He was not going to play here barring, you know, a rash of injuries. So should he just languish down our depth chart and never have a chance to play on the field in a game that he loves? Absolutely not. I support that decision. Uh, Katravian Hargrove, probably the worst kept secret in the history of the transfer portal, right? Maybe him and Luke Altmaier. Wish both those guys the best. But (laughs) Hargrove had some really difficult days in practice, as I shared with you guys last week, and so he's in the portal. And the thing that I go back to, guys, we're not that smart. Okay, sometimes we think we are, but we're not. The fact that we had to beat out Louisiana Tech for a four-star running back late in the process is evidence that we're not as smart sometimes as maybe we think we are. Now, that said, it's worth taking a chance on him, right? But the fact that that's who we were up against in the end says a lot about his options. It wasn't just because he loves Rustin. You know what I'm saying? And so he's in the portal, and he tried to go in the portal earlier before the windows were open, and there's all this discussion about that. I don't begrudge it to him. Same situation. And everybody loves Bull. They do. They love the kid. But he just had difficulty picking up responsibilities without the football. As far as being a ball carrier, absolutely. He would have been an incredible Sylvester Crew running back. Incredible. He fit the old school scheme. Didn't have to do a lot playing without the football, but you know, in this offense as a running back, you got to do a whole lot more than just carry the football. And so it was an interesting fit for us. We gave it a shot. I believe he gave us his best effort. It didn't work out. And so the solution for everybody is for him to transfer. And best of luck to him. Absolutely. Reed buys. I, I love that kid. I love his family. I've met everybody in the family, I think. Amazing people. Got some Rebels and some Bulldogs. Pro- probably, probably, probably the best blended state Ole Miss family that I know, to be quite honest with you. And they all love Reed. And I love Reed. And I was very excited when he had an opportunity to come here. I've uh, followed Reed's career uh, through high school, done several interviews with him and stories over the years. And he came in here. His dream was to play at Mississippi State. He got the opportunity to do that. And now – he wants to go somewhere to play and use his last two years of eligibility. Chances of him playing here, not very good. So, again, the solution is is to go on a transfer portal. And maybe you go to Southern Miss or maybe you go to UAB or to Memphis or somewhere like that, and, and you get on the field somewhere. You only get a short time in life to play ball. So, Reed Buys loves the game of football. He wants to play. And I don't blame him. I'd want to play too. It's not enough just to wear the uniform. Maybe you're built differently. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, hey, at least my kid got a chance to wear the uniform. And, I, and we were faced with the same opportunity when Ani was a baseball player. And all these people that said, hey, didn't walk on at State. And I said, no, nah, Ani wants to play. 
I said, I don't, I'm just going to be honest with you. As much as I love him, I don't think he has the opportunity to play at Mississippi State. It'd be a dream come true, but I'm going to be a realist about this. I was a high school coach, too. I, I understand. I saw what he did against elite pitching. I saw what he didn't do against elite pitching. And so I would rather him play than just wear the uniform. And I had some people, too, that had, oh, still, we'll work it out. You know, he can walk on. I would rather him play anywhere and have a chance to make some memories and build some bonds and enjoy the game for the final time of his life than to just ride the bench just to wear the uniform, just so I could say I wore the uniform. And maybe you're built differently. But, you know, when I think about Daniel Greek and Reed Byers and people like that, it's, again, it's not just about wearing the uniform. They got to do it for a few years, and now it's time to go make some memories. Now it's time to go do something. I mean, you go through practice, you go – I mean, they go through all the same meetings, workouts, early wake-ups, as the starters do. They just don't get the benefit of playing. And so if you're not going to play here, you got to go somewhere else. And that opens up room for more scholarships. Of course, there's no hard 25 cap anymore. You know, so we've got a chance to do some cool things here. You know, and again, you know, I, I think you know, Paul has recently put in um, a crystal ball pick, uh, the junior college variety. If I can get there, I'm, I'm trying to get to your visit tab here. Sometimes I don't know what I'm, do, what I'm doing. But, uh, you know, Darius Webb, you know, he was the guy at Jones County Junior College, or Jones College now. Paul has got him in a crystal ball pick. I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to uh, you know, sources, shall we say. But I'm probably not too far behind. But I'm not going to go just, you know, parrot what Paul did. I'm going to go make sure they know what I'm talking about. But uh, big visit list this past weekend. And uh, give us a few days. We'll get it all taken care of. And there were a few guys that were moved around. And there are a few guys that we need to talk to. You know, we had Auburn commitment, J.C. Hart here. I think that he is going to stick with Auburn no matter what happens, because he is an Auburn fan. He is an Auburn kid. Unless, you know, Hugh Freeze and his staff just say, hey, you know, listen, we're going to go in a different direction here because we've got to go really flip this roster really quick, so we need that spot in the portal. I don't know. But I think the only way Mississippi State gets him is if Auburn drops him. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. But, uh, again, you know, we talked about Jaden Hobson a while back on the show. I like the looks of the class. And listen, there are a couple guys in there that are developmental guys. We've got to figure some things out. But there are some guys, too, that I think are a little bit undervalued. Not, I'm not going to sit here and say all of them, because that's the first thing everybody says. Oh, the rankings are wrong. The, you know, more times than not, the rankings are pretty close to correct. More times than not. But there are a couple guys I think what happens is like – I'll give you a good example, because it's only human nature, right? So, Jaden Hobson, he commits early to Southern Miss – and then everybody's like, ah, you know, let's just put a default ranking on him. He's going to a G5 school. He doesn't have a big list of offers. I doubt they even watched his tape. And now all of a sudden he's committed to an SEC school. So now we've got to get him reevaluated. And, of course, then the complaint from Southern Miss fans will be, well, wait a minute, when he was committed to us, he was in 83. Well, all of a sudden is he in 87? And the same could be said you know, for some other players, you know, just like Gabriel Moore. If you watch Gabriel Moore's – video. I mean, honestly, go watch it yourself. You don't have to be a professional evaluator to look at that and realize that this kid is a big-time player. He's got a composite of 86, 247. We have him as an 84. He's not an 84. Currently rated as the 32 player, the number 32 player 
in the state of Mississippi. He is not the number 32 player in the state of Mississippi. The, that ranking is incorrect. I'm just going to I do not agree with that at all. And we'll, we'll get them reevaluated. We do. And that was, that was the thing, too. And, again, I'm not being critical of the network or anything like that. But, you know, when I was with Scout, I had to have a monthly report. Every month I had to send in, you know, a fresh top 30 or so. And if I had movement, I had to explain how. Okay, I moved this kid up because I went and saw him at a camp or I saw this kid at, uh, you know, in a Friday night game or I went and saw him at a combine or we had him here or I got fresh film and this is why I'm moving him up. So I had to like, I had to rank them and then kind of defend my list. But I had to do that every 30 days. And so what it did is it kept me constantly watching these kids. So when new video came up, and this is before the huddle days, right? Because again, I'm old school. I remember when we used to have video that was the size of a credit card. You know, now you can watch it on your, on your TV. You know, you can watch it on a projector. But, but things were much different back then. But it kept me sharp. Because I knew every, every month I had to turn this report in. And you couldn't just, you know, copy and paste from last month. You had to justify your, your position, right? And so anytime new film became available, I'd always upload it. I would get it. If I used to, I'd, before we could upload it ourselves, we had to send it into Fox Sports and have a guy named Topher upload it for us. And then he would send me an email saying, hey, here's your link. And, and then uh, we'd put it out there as a video for you. But... But anytime that I watch something, like every 30 days, I would always, I was constantly thinking about my rankings, constantly. And I'd go somewhere and I would say, you know what, this kid did this. Because as you see, guys, you learn more. And I think what happens nowadays, and it's not just with our network, I'm just, it's in the industry. It's like you watch a kid and then it's like, okay, well, I've watched him, I'm done. You, in order to get the rankings right, you have to continue to gather more information. You have to. You have to every single time you have the opportunity to see him, whether you go out to see him or you get video, you always got to be cognizant because I wanted to be right more so than anything else. I didn't want to come back and say, oh, well, I miss this kid. And, and, and what you hate, too, is that late senior. You know, and there's always fun with that, too, but it's like, how did I miss this kid? And sometimes guys are first-year players or first-year starters, and they put together a good senior year. And all of a sudden, you start seeing him creep up your rankings. I loved being able to do that and say, you know what, hey, all of a sudden there's this kid that nobody knew about, and now all of a sudden he's a senior and he's got offers from State, Ole Miss, Auburn, or whatever. And to be able to say, yeah, I already had him on my list. We already had a profile page together. We already had video up. And so I think sometimes in the industry we've gotten a little bit, um, a little bit away from that. But, um, you know, I, I think with this next recruiting cycle, I'm going to go back to just do them on rankings. And uh, not that it'll show up on a profile page, but I think I'm just going to do it myself because I enjoy doing it. But also, too, it just kind of kept me in tune with what's happening with the kids on the football field. There's so much you can keep up with with social media. But being able to, like, you know, hey, follow a kid through his career. Like, a lot of times you see him for the first time at a spring combine or a Nike camp or something as a junior. And then to watch the maturation and development process as they go into an actual signing day. Now, I like being able to identify the puzzle pieces. More so than watching them come into place. I like to find them first and then saying, hey, here's this guy. This guy's going to be an SEC guy, and then he is. And, and with rare exception, there have been some guys that I thought were SEC guys that end up going to, you know, Southern Miss or somewhere, Memphis, and just absolutely killing it. And it's nice to be able to go back and tell other people, you know what, I told you so. I did. I, I told you that State don't miss, missed on this kid. And you hate it for State, but you also hate it for the kid. But you also kind of have a measure of respect for the cat, the fact that the kid took advantage of their opportunity and proved that they should have been a Power 5 guy. And now the portal gives them a chance to fix that. If they want to prove it, they can move on. 
Well, guys, I think it's going to do it for today. Uh, you guys check in at dogpilotbook.com. You got, what, 20 days till Christmas? So you can still order a book and have it delivered in time. You can sign the personalized copies at dogpilotbook.com. And that's all the sports books, Flim Flam, Alpha Dogs, Stark Villains, Dogpile, and then, of course, Blooms of Oleander available pretty much everywhere else with uh, Amazon, BarnesNoble.com, BooksMillion.com. Stark Villains gear always available at StarkVillains.com. Now's a great time. The, to the Boneyard listeners in your life, get them a Boneyard T-shirt and hoodie. You'll be happy to have it. And, I, and actually, I own the trademark on that phrase, Stark Villains. If you see anybody out there with some uh, other stuff, let me know. We'll have our attorney take care of it. Not that there's a big demand you know, for pirated Steve Robertson stuff. But maybe there will be. Maybe there will be. There's some cool things going on. Maybe there will be. Listen, you guys have a great week. I'll be back on Wednesday. Again, I'm back in Starkville, and it's good to be productive. I mean, you know, there's sometimes I sit around here getting lovesick or whatever, but the reality of it is the show must go on. We've got a lot going on, and uh, pretty soon we'll begin the bowl practices. We'll be giving you full coverage of that and looking forward to that. And of course, keep up with Paul and Robbie on the men's and women's basketball side. Dave's kind of doing some uh, sidebar-type stuff, but, of course, Paul and Robbie are our uh, lead dogs, shall we say, on the men's and women's basketball side. And I don't think anybody covers – either better than our guys do period and there's some other people out there that do cover and i'm not being critical of them but i can tell you this paul jones loves mississippi state men's basketball he absolutely does i don't know anybody that has the same knowledge that he does and the interest and passion that he does for mississippi state men's basketball and it's really the same for robbie i think you know robbie kind of a late comer i think on the women's basketball but i think he discovered his love for the women's game kind of along with mississippi state's ascent and has developed a nice network of sources and, uh, again, nobody's covering women's basketball like Robbie is. No, nobody. And uh, we look forward to you guys uh, being a member of our site. If you're not, come to jeanspage.com and subscribe, and uh, you'll be glad you did. Uh, matter of fact, we were just informed last week we set a new record, a new record for subscriptions all time, not just since we've been at 247, but in the history of the website. We have never had more traffic. We've never had more subscriptions in the history of this website. And it's what, 25 years now, 26 years? It's crazy. Things are still building. Things are still going well. And, again, i got some cool stuff coming, too, in addition to all this. And so maybe it all just works. Kind of there's this unique synergy, right? It all just works together. New books, bigger website, more exciting shows, maybe some new merch, all kind of cool stuff. Because I believe that the best is yet to come for me and for you. And I embrace that. As much as I enjoy life today, I always think there is something next. There is something bigger and great. I'll tell you this, too. You, you, you want to offer up some thoughts and prayers for your good friend and host? If I make it to Saturday, it'll be 31 years clean and sober. 31. And I'll be honest with you, the last year, and maybe it's because I didn't write a book. You know, I didn't have, like, a project to kind of keep you busy. This past year has been very, very difficult. And a lot of that's got to do with, you know, Dana being away, you know. I mean, it's just, it has been a much, diff- diff- a much different and difficult year for me. And so when I make it to Saturday and I'm committed to doing that, that'll be a chip. I'll probably I'll drive to Hattiesburg one day next week and I'll go pick up my chip because that's, that's where I got sober. So I'm going to drive down there to Rule 62 and I'm going to pick up my chip. And, uh, and it's going to be emotional for me, man. It, it, it really is because the thing that I have learned about life is the wolf is always at the door. They talk about that in the big book. And it doesn't matter how long you've been sober. It's like whenever you get some adversity, it's like immediately you start thinking, okay, let me go self-destruct here, right? But I didn't. I didn't. You know, when I have difficult moments, I text people to hold me accountable. I got friends in AA that I'll text them and say, hey, look, here's what's going on with me. 
That's one, you know, because secrets have power. That's one of the things that I, I absolutely believe in more than anything else is you're only as sick as your secrets, so don't keep any. And I found, too, like when I've done that kind of stuff, you know, like when I, when I keep, even if something small, right, that all of a sudden there's like this poison that develops in the system. And so I believe in transparency. I believe in accountability. And so I text people. I was like, hey, you know, I'm having a tough day today. This is going on in my life, and I'm really struggling with this. And it's not a cry for help. I guess in some respects maybe it is. I'm, it's, but it's not a plea for attention. And, I, and I'm, I'm the kind of guy that rarely does that, right? I'm not going to text you once a week and say, hey, man, I'm really worrying with this. You know, sometimes you got to toughen up yourself, right? But there are times when life comes along and just punches you in the gut, and you get blindsided by something. And how are you going to react? Well, that's when you work your program. That's the thing about life. It's so incredibly, 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 incredibly important to understand to work your program. Anybody can stay clean and sober during times of prosperity. Anybody. When you're getting your way in life, anybody can stay clean and sober. But what do you do when you are faced with the prospect of losing everything? What do you do? What do you do then? Well, more times than not, You've got to be able to make sure that you've got a network of people around you that you can depend on. You've got to be able to call those people. You've got to be transparent with them. You've got to help yourself by being honest with other people and letting people love you. Because sometimes we get caught up in being proud and ego gets involved. We want to pretend like everything is just like life is on Facebook. Everything is just so lovely, right? It's not all the time. And it's like that little phrase, it's, it's okay to not be okay. You know, when I first heard that, I was like, ah, it's true. None of us make it through this thing unscathed. Nobody gets through life without a struggle. Nobody. I don't care what you think. Nobody's, you're not fooling anybody, man. There's some people that kind of got it all figured out, but you're still living life on life's terms. Stuff happens. And that's where you have a reliance on other people, on a higher power. When you reach the end of your own understanding, that's where you find God. Because if I could do it for myself, I think I didn't need him, right? If I could just fix it myself right? You have to have a reliance on a higher power. And you can call that whatever you want. You can think, you know, you know for me, it's, uh, it's God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. That's who my higher power is rooted in. You know, if you want to think that Jesus Christ rides a Harley and smokes Roy Tans and, and shoots pool at a dive bar, that's between you and him. I'm not going to tell you that you can or you shouldn't. I just know this. I know that none of us are getting out of here, out of here alive. And the whole expression about no man being an island, we need each other. We need each other. No matter what we tell ourselves, well, I'm tough enough I can handle it. At some point, you're going to face something in life, and you're going to have to reach. You're going to have to reach and have somebody take care of you. That's it for today. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.